Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Good afternoon, evening, or morning. This is your old Uncle Mosh with Raiders Fan Radio, and you are in for a treat. Sit back and get ready to listen to one of the most insanely knowledgeable people you will ever meet talk about our beloved Raiders. Another episode coming your way of Silver and Black Flashback by Rich Schmelter, the author of the Raiders Encyclopedia. As always, thank you so much, Uncle Mosh, for that awesome intro. And also, as always, thanks so much to my man Murph, the best damn host of any Raiders podcast out there. You, Uncle Mosh, and Swag Jeff stand alone as the best in the business. I am so proud to be a part of this network and proud as hell to be a part of a show that continues to help out so many through the One Nation Foundation that benefits Raiders-related charities. Much respect, guys. You truly represent our Raiders motto of commitment to excellence. And to you, Raider Nation, I say thank you for tuning in to Silver and Black Flashback, a show dedicated to the incredible people and moments that help create the awesome history of our beloved Raiders. Damn, it feels so good to be back on Raiders Fan Radio after a great summer vacation. But damn if I didn't miss this experience of talking Raiders history with the greatest fan base in the world. So what the hell am I rambling on for? Let's get to it, Raider Nation. From 1960 through 2021, our badasses in the best uniforms to ever grace the NFL landscape have won 491 regular season games. The milestone of 500 victories will easily be reached in 2022. I mean, all our Raiders have to do is win nine games. Nine games, really? Hell, they should have that done by their 12th game of the season, on their way to incredible heights. I have a very good feeling about this season, ending with silver and black confetti falling all over the field at the end of the Super Bowl, and a Lombardi Trophy taking up residence in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada. However, no matter where our Raiders have called home, their permanent residence will always be in our hearts. If you are with me, my Raider Nation faithful, how about shouting out a major hell yeah? On this episode of Silver and Black Flashback, we are going back to the start of it all, victory-wise that is, and showcase our Raiders' first ever regular season victory, and just like so many wins throughout the years, this one was an exciting affair. On a 72-degree day in Houston, Texas, the Raiders arrived at Jepson Stadium, still looking for their first ever regular season win. The league schedule makers were not all that kind to the Raiders, as their first three games were against teams considered the elite of the new professional circuit, the American Football League. In their first two games, they lost to Houston 37-22, and then to the Dallas Texans 34-16, with both losses coming at home. 
Now, it looked pretty glum for our Raiders as they headed into week three of the 1960 season because they were about to face the American Football League's premier team once again, the Houston Oilers. The Oilers had Heisman Trophy winner Billy Cannon and veteran quarterback George Blanda heading an offense that scored 75 points in their first two games and a defense that gave up only 78 combined rushing yards. And this powerhouse was looking to remain undefeated against the hapless Raiders, who came into this September 25, 1960 game as 18-point underdogs. In addition to having to face such a dominant team, our Raiders had to face health problems regarding their coaching staff. Assistant coach Ernie Jorge suffered a heart attack at his home five days before the game in Houston and would be hospitalized for at least a few weeks. And head coach Eddie Erzalatz then suffered a broken toe on his right foot while demonstrating a play during a team practice. The painful injury caused him problems sleeping, so he was naturally a bit tired and not feeling right until the second half of this game. However, he had the reputation of being a constant sideline walker, and even though he lacked sleep and his toe was painful, he did not let up on his pacing along the sideline. The Raiders started off this game strong, stopping a pair of Houston drives. They got a huge break when Eddie Macon intercepted the first of his two passes in the game. On this one, he picked off George Blanda's pass on the Oakland 44 and returned the ball to the Houston 21. Babe Pirelli, a veteran of eight professional seasons in either the NFL or the Canadian Football League, brought his experience with him into the huddle as the starting quarterback for this game for the Raiders. Pirelli connected with Billy Lott on a screen pass for a gain of 17 yards. From the Houston three-yard line, Pirelli handed off to Jim Jetstream Smith on second and goal, and Smith delivered the ball into the end zone. Larry Barnes added the conversion kick, and the 18-point underdogs were leading 7-0 heading into the second quarter. Now, the Houston Oilers did not seem all that panic-stricken by being down to the so-called subpar opponent. After all, it was still very early in the game, and Houston also had a veteran quarterback with many years of professional experience on his side in George Blanda, who would go on to many more seasons of greatness as a Raider late in the decade and beyond. However, for now, Blanda was wearing enemy colors, but damn if he did not succeed in them for a few years leading up to his arrival in Raider Nation. So, the Houston Oilers roared right back to tie the game at 7-7 in the second quarter and achieved this by moving the ball from their own 15 to a touchdown in just 10 plays. After being pinned down by excellent pass coverage from the Oakland defense, Blanda went to his ground game. Dave Smith responded by tearing through the defense for a huge 36-yard gain. Blanda was then able to connect on a pass to John Carson for 20 yards. Raiders defensive tackle Don Deskins swatted away two Blanda pass attempts, but the clever Blanda then threw to the outside for Carson, and the end result was an eight-yard touchdown. Blanda then added the game-tying extra point to make it 7-7. Both teams then failed to score in their next two series. Wayne Crow came up with an interception on the Oakland 27. And yes, Murph, it is the same Wayne Crow that you met at the airport and his interception helped the Raiders get to the Houston 23 
but they failed to capitalize on the turnover as Larry Barnes missed a field goal attempt when his kick went wide. Houston then came back to take their first lead of the game thanks to George Blanda connecting on a 36-yard field goal that gave Houston a 10-7 halftime advantage. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The third quarter proved to be a defensive struggle. The Raiders stopped a Houston touchdown drive on the four. That forced Blanda to attempt another field goal, and his kick from 10 yards out went through the uprights to extend the Houston lead to 13-7 going into the fourth quarter. The Raiders had another golden opportunity stomped out after linebacker Bob Doherty from the Bluegrass State of Kentucky and one of the best at his position in the early days of the American Football League pounced on a Billy Cannon fumble at the Houston 27. Babe Pirelli and Billy Lott connected on a huge 24-yard pass and catch to get the Raiders within the threshold of the Houston end zone. Unfortunately, the Oakland offense failed on four attempts to cross the goal line. With half of the fourth quarter now expired, it looked like the Raiders were once again headed for the loss column. But that was not to be on this day in the Lone Star State of Texas. The Oilers were forced to punt from their own 19 and following the kick, the ball rolled dead on the Oakland 42-yard line. At this stage of the game, the Raiders put their fortunes in rookie quarterback Tom the Iceman Flores. Yes, the very same Tom Flores that in 2021 earned his rightful place in the Pro Football Hall of Fame after leading the Raiders to many glorious wins as head coach from the sidelines. However, the Hall of Fame was an eternity away for Flores, the player, as he entered the game in relief of Bay Pirelli. Now, Ken Snake Stabler is my all-time favorite player in team history, but Tom Flores is without a doubt my all-time favorite Raiders organization personality due to all the greatness he delivered as a player and coach, and this was the game that started it all for him. The Houston defense, though playing very well throughout the game, proved no match for Flores, as the rookie picked the defense apart with passes to Alan Goldstein and Charlie Hardy for 16 yards each before connecting with tight end Gene Prabola on a 14-yard game-tying touchdown. But the tie did not last long, Raider Nation. For Larry Barnes then came on to attempt his most important kick up to this time as a Raider. And he connected on what proved to be the game-winning extra point that sent the Raiders off into the record books as winners for the first time in their regular season history with a narrow 14-13 to margin of victory. Just a quick bit of trivia here, Raider Nation. Not only was Tom Flores the quarterback that led the Raiders to their first ever regular season win, but he also threw for the first ever points in Raider history two weeks earlier, also against Houston. See, we dig deep here on Silver and Black Flashback to provide some interesting trivia. Or so I hope. This game was not over following that score, as Houston had two more attempts to rally back, with the final one coming with only 39 seconds left. But it was then that the usually sure-footed George Blanda 
attempted a field goal from 28 yards out. From that distance throughout his long, illustrious career, it seemed like an easy three points. But not this time out, for the kick sailed off wide right of the uprights, and then it was time to officially celebrate for the Raiders. Despite poor play calls by the officials, which turned out to be nothing new for the Raiders throughout their history, the Oakland defensive line of George Fields, Don Deskins, and Charlie Powell clamped down on Houston's running attack. Even though Dave Smith got off that big chunk of real estate early in the game, he was held to only 33 additional rushing yards on 14 carries. And the Heisman Trophy winner from the previous college season, Billy Cannon, the great backfield star, was held to 36 yards on 12 carries. With his running game having problems, Blanda also found added pressure on passing attempts thanks to the tough play of the linebacking core of Riley Morris, Tom Lauterbach, and Bob Doherty. Then there were the two interceptions by Eddie Macon, plus the one by Wayne Crow that stopped Houston drives. Billy Lott sparked the offense by catching six passes for 90 yards, and Tom Flores connected on seven of 10 pass attempts for 57 yards in the clutch. His efforts did not go unnoticed. For on the very next day following this victory, Flores was named the winner of the Sinclair Award, presented to the AFL's Player of the Week on offense. Now, such a clutch performance like Flores had should have been good enough to be presented the game ball, but on this day, the team as a whole decided to award their stricken assistant coach, Ernie Jorge, with the game ball. The team autographed the historic ball, and then it was airmailed to his hospital room back in California. This historic win was celebrated back on the West Coast, as San Francisco Mayor George Christopher announced plans for Raider Week in San Francisco. The event was then officially set for the week of October 9th to the 16th, leading up to their game with the Boston Patriots. On Monday, October 10th, at noon, ceremonies began at Union Square with a crowd of about 500 gathered to honor the Raiders. Mayor Christopher presented keys to the city to co-captains Bob Doherty and Tom Flores. That was followed by a speech from team general manager Chet Soda and head coach Eddie Erdelatz introduced all the team members. Now, I do not know for sure, but it probably was a safe bet to say that Erdelatz's painful toe felt a lot better on that day of celebration. Yeah, winning sure has a way of healing wounds. And as for his assistant resting in a local hospital, after years of coaching on all levels, Ernie Jorge joined the Raiders coaching staff in 1960. Once he recovered from his heart attack, Jorge resigned from the Raiders in early 1961 after deciding that he preferred coaching on the college level. It was then announced on February 14, 1961, that he was headed back to the United States Naval Academy, where he served as an assistant from 1955 through 1958 before taking the Raiders' position. Later, he became a college scout for the Houston Oilers, and while working in that capacity, Ernie Jorge suffered a fatal heart attack at a Holiday Inn in Kent, Ohio, on October 6, 1971, one day shy of his 57th birthday. Well, that is it, my Raider faithful, the close of another episode of Silver and Black Flashback. But before we end our time together on this occasion, I want to give some major respect to a few people. First off, a major dose of respect has to go to Kevin, the Raider nerd, who took the time to praise my show, and that pumped me up so much. 
Thank you again, my man, for the awesome words, and I will strive to keep earning that respect. And also, respect to Danielle, Nicole, and Becky. Raider Nation is proud to have all of you on our side. And as always, thanks so much to all of you for listening. And until we get together once again, I proudly salute all of my silver and black brothers and sisters by saying the words I live by each and every day. Wait for it. I have waited all summer long to say these words on the air. And I know Matt, Bruce, and Bamba are sitting at the edge of their seats waiting. So why keep them in suspense? So without any further anticipation, love you, Raider Nation.